Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today marks six months since the start, or at least the continuation and the next phase of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It started on February 24th, six months ago today. Today also um, marks Independence Day in Ukraine, and a lot of um, the celebrations or the observations that would typically take place on this day uh, have been cancelled, and apparently air raid sirens have been sounding throughout the day in uh, Ukraine's larger cities, and there's a lot of concern that um, this occasion would be marked not by celebrations in Ukraine, but by an escalation in attacks by Russian forces. So also happening today, the UN Security Council holding a meeting, and uh, a lot of the focus, especially in, as part of their meeting, has now been on a nuclear power plant in Ukraine that uh, a lot of people are gravely concerned about tipping into uh, full-on uh, nuclear catastrophe. A lot of concern around this. So let's get an update on where we are and what the international community is seeing and what we're seeing within the country. We're going to chat with Valerie Oosterveld, who is the Associate Director of Western University's Center for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction, also a member of the Canadian Partnership for International Justice. Uh, Valerie, thank you for joining us once again. I appreciate your time. It's good to be with you again today. Um, why don't we start with um, the UN Security Council holding a meeting uh, on the six-month, uh, I guess, anniversary of the start of all of this. Um, what are you hearing about the, their discussions and where the international community stands after six months of this conflict? Well, the Security Council meeting began today with a little kerfuffle around procedure because Vladimir Zelensky was um, invited to appear, of course, as the president of Ukraine, uh, but he has to appear through video link. And Russia claimed that that was against the rules of the UN Security Council, but 13 countries voted in favor. Russia voted against and China abstained which meant that he could appear uh, via video link. And in that video link, he talked about how he felt that Russia was creating nuclear blackmail on Ukraine because of its occupation of the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. What is the status of that plant? I've read so many different things. Where does it stand right now? Obviously, there's a lot of concern surrounding it. Sure, there's a ton of concern because um, right now Russia occupies the plant but is forcing Ukrainian staff to continue working to run the plant and they're doing their best to run it safely and they've been responding to various emergencies that have been happening around uh, that plant. But Russia has put its own forces around that plant and on the um on the property of that plant, which is not uh, in line with international humanitarian law or the laws of war. Mm -hmm. Um, There's real worry that attacks on that plant will lead to, of course, massive release of radiation. So, in fact, yesterday there was also an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council on this exact topic with the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency, 
um, talking about the, their plans to visit the plant in the next few days. Of course, it's a very dangerous place to visit, and they can only visit if they have um, agreement between Ukraine and Russia to keep the IAEA people safe as they inspect it. But they really need to get in there, and that's what everyone except uh um, Russia, of course, called for yesterday at the Security Council meeting to get them in as soon as possible to try and ensure that the plant can be stabilized. What's the Russian position on this? We're hearing a lot from Zelensky. We're hearing from the UN. Uh, what is the Russian position on what's going on around this plant right now? The Russian position is that it is treating the plant properly, that um, it is not doing the shelling on the plant, and it claims that Ukraine is shelling its own plant. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the old, yeah. Um, the other uh, question I wanted to ask you about, a lot of discussion around prisoners of war and Zelensky um, putting forward warnings to Russia about the way they handle, quote-unquote, prisoners of war and what to do there. What What's the situation? He's saying he doesn't want any spectacles uh, as a result of this, right? Exactly, because uh, news came out in the last couple of days through the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, which has been tasked with um, overseeing human rights as much as it can mm. in Ukraine. And the report from the UN was that um, Russian-backed forces were installing huge cages in a Philharmonic Hall in Mariupol in order to try the Azov Regiment um, Ukrainian prisoners of war. But of course, under international humanitarian law, prisoners of war cannot be tried. They have something called combatant immunity. Um, they can't be tried simply for participating in the war, in, in hostilities. Um, they can only be tried if they've actually committed a war crime. And it's not a war crime to defend uh, your position. Uh, Valerie, where are we're six months in now? Um, we're seeing there was a huge investment by the United States government, uh, some three billion dollars to continue to support the Ukraine war effort. Um, are we seeing Western solidarity and Western resolve persist? Or I know that's a big, big concern among Ukrainian officials is the longer this goes on, uh, the West won't necessarily lose interest. But you know what I mean? Are we seeing that manage to hold fast so far? It looks like it's holding fast, um, but of course, it's it's absolutely fair for Ukraine to worry about attention being diverted elsewhere. Uh, we all know that um, attention can be shifted quite suddenly if a disaster happens somewhere else in the world uh, or some other political situation arises elsewhere. Um, but I think the daily briefings by President Zelensky and the real focus by a number of countries in the West on supporting Ukraine has kept it at the top of the agendas. Uh, where do we go from here? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's being any real advances made by either side. It seems like we've sort of got ourselves into a position where this could drag on and just become a war of attrition. Is that the fear now? That's a really big fear. There have been some rays of hope. So, for example, the UN. Secretary General getting the deal for the Black Sea Grain Initiative. 21 ships so far, he announced today, had left the port uh, and are now delivering grain or on their way to delivering grain to different parts of the world, um, Ukrainian grain. Um, but he also pointed out today that there's a real fertilizer shortage and that that is creating some serious problems that could lead to even more food, for food shortages in other parts of the world in 2023. So... 
certainly there's a, a great deal um, to be worried about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just in terms of what's happening in Ukraine on this uh, Independence Day in the six-month uh, occasion, I, I know there was a lot of concern that we'd see an escalation in attacks. I, I'm not seeing a lot of reports that that's happened. Are you? No, uh, but I have seen reports that you mentioned in the introduction of many air raid yes, sirens yeah. going off continually throughout the day. Okay, uh, we'll keep an eye on things. Valerie, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, that's Valerie Oosterveld, who is an Associate Director of Western University Centre for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction. As she said, it seems to be the focus for a lot of the discussion happening um, at the international level, at least at the UN over the past couple of days, has been around this nuclear plant and um, the risk of it uh, turning into... Uh, the world's next nuclear disaster, which obviously nobody wants to see happen. So a lot of attention, and as she said, some international delegates possibly heading there to uh, investigate the situation. And again, uh, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of concern, a lot of worry in Ukraine that Russia would use this occasion, the six-month anniversary and Independence Day in Ukraine, to uh, carry out uh, an escalation in attacks. But there's been air raid sirens, sirens uh, any kind of you know, public events have been cancelled and postponed uh, to not, you know, put people at risk. But as far as I'm seeing, and, I, and I've been checking throughout the day, uh, I'm not seeing uh, reports of increases in, in activity. So at least some good news there.